Good morning. I'm glad you're here. Isn't it a beautiful day? It's just a fabulous day outside. The temperature is crisp, but it's not bitterly cold, and we got sunshine. It's just been a beautiful, beautiful day today. You know, all throughout history, there have been beautiful days, right? My dad is 85 years old now. He's seen a lot of beautiful days before I was ever born, okay? His dad and his dad and his dad before that, they saw beautiful days. They saw good days and they saw bad days. You know, all of us have had our moments in life where we saw good days and bad days. There's a guy in the Bible whose name was Job, and Job saw good days, but he also saw some bad days. Job saw some terrible days. And I, I expect that you probably are familiar with the story of Job, but he was a righteous man. He loved God. He served God. He hated evil. He stayed away from that. And God was proud of him. But he had a bad time. Satan talked to God and said, Hey, you let me get at him and he'll quit serving you. You'll find out what he's really made out of. And so God granted Satan permission and Satan began to attack Job. First he killed all his kids. Then he destroyed his business. And then even destroyed his health. He had terrible, terrible disease. He had boils where he had to scrape all the time and and it was painful. and, And he had a wife... God didn't take his wife from him, or not God. Satan didn't take his wife from him. And if you wonder why Satan would leave the wife, because she was there telling him, Job, just curse God and die. He had no encouragement from her. He had a, I mean, his life was bad. You know, we had a whole list this morning, Yancey read for us, of members of the church and our family and friends who are suffering right now. You may be one of them who's suffering right now. You may be one of them who's close to someone who's suffering right now. Job was suffering so intensely that in chapter 3, Job says, I wish I'd never been born. Look at this. He said, let the day on which I was born... Uh, Let the day perish on which I was born. Why did I not die at birth, come out from the womb and expire? Have you ever felt like that? Man, I just wish I died the minute I was born. You know, people can, uh, can get in a bad situation in their life. People can get where their life is is really seems to be going in the wrong direction and there doesn't seem to be a way out of it. And sometimes, you know, in America, people commit suicide well, all over the world, not just in America, but all over the world. People get to the point where they say, I wish I'd never been born and they try to do something about that. They try to get rid of life when they're alone and they're frustrated and they're disappointed and in pain and suffering. This is Job. A few years ago, Carrie and I and the kids were out in California and we walked across the Golden Gate Bridge. It's a beautiful bridge. 
But one thing that stuck out to me, and I took this picture on the Golden Gate Bridge. Everywhere you turn, they've got these signs. They say, there is hope. Make the call. The consequences of jumping from this bridge are fatal and tragic. People go to the Golden Gate Bridge, this beautiful place, to commit suicide. And the argument here is there's still hope. That's what this sign says. There's still hope. Make this call. Don't give up right now. There's still hope. And you know, I, I don't know. I have no idea who will watch this on Facebook Live. I have no idea who, what's going on in the deep darkness of your life right now. But I know this. I hope nobody here is at this point. At this point of saying, you know, life is just not worth it. I wish I hadn't been born. But the truth is, if you're still alive, one of my favorite sayings, and I've said many, many times, as long as there's life, there's hope, right? As long as you're alive, there's hope. But what I want to talk with you about this morning a little bit is the fact that there is a day that will come in everyone's life when there won't be hope anymore. There will come a day in everyone's life when it's over when our opportunities, our chances to change things, to make that call, as the sign says, to turn things around, those opportunities will be forever gone. The Bible tells us that it is appointed for men to once die, but after this, the judgment. Did you know it is appointed for you to die someday? You knew that, right? And the older we get, the more real that becomes to us. But you don't have to get old for that to be real. Matt had a friend run over by a car on a bicycle this weekend. It was over. You don't have to be old for this to happen. It's going to happen. And the fact that this is going to happen makes this a sobering topic that should require our attention some. We need to think about this. We need to think about the consequences of the life that we live. And so what I want to do is I want to consider with you a few moments what it would be like to die lost. And when I say lost, I mean not right with God. You know, there's a lot of people who aren't right with God. I got a text this morning from a friend of mine. And... He said, hey, I just, I just want to share something that's on my heart. He said, I had a friend who was a part of a social organization with me, one of these uh, men's groups. And he said, this guy kind of mentored me into this and we were really close and he was a good friend, but he wasn't a Christian. And he said, I talked to him about his soul and I talked to him about being right with God to the point that eventually he told me, stop it. Leave me alone. I don't want your religion. My religion is this social group I'm a part of. But then he got older. His health began to fail and he moved away to be with family, close to family and doctors. And he would occasionally write letters or emails back to people in this social group and ask for them to send him cards and call him and stuff. He said, but mostly that fell on deaf ears because... You know, it was a social group that didn't need him anymore. It wasn't a church family. 
And he got word this morning that that fella died. Away from God. Having rejected the only hope that he had. Now I want to consider with you some of the reasons why a person who dies in that condition will wish that they had never been born. They would have been better off having never been born than to die lost and away from Christ. The Bible says truly the times of these or these times of ignorance God overlooked but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. When you die you will be judged by God. You'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And in that situation you want to be right with God. So consider with me just for a few moments some of the reasons that it's important to be right with God before you die. Number one, because of the separation. If you die away from God, the separation will be intense. The Bible tells us your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. You will be eternally separated from God. When you get in a bind, when things are hard, when things are difficult, do you pray? You talk to God? You turn to God for help? I do. I would imagine all of you do won't be any good then. Be useless. Your prayers, your prayers will not be heard and you'll know they won't be heard. You know, right now when something goes really rough and really bad and really hard for us, we pray to God for help and strength to get through whatever it is we're facing, even if He doesn't take it away, right? We pray for Him to make us strong and help us endure this. But if you've died away from God, will you pray? Oh yeah, you'll pray. But those prayers will be meaningless because you've rejected the Son that God sent to save you from your sin. You turned away from that. You know, there are a lot of people who claim they don't believe in God. I saw a commercial this past week of Ron Reagan, Ronald Reagan's son, and he was advertising for the Freedom From Religion Foundation. And he stood there on this, this commercial and he looked at the camera and he said, I'm an unabashed atheist and I'm not afraid of burning in hell. But you know, Ron Reagan enjoys the blessings of God every day, doesn't he? He may claim he doesn't believe in God, but he enjoys God's blessings every day. But when someone dies away from God and will be eternally separated from God, you're separated from all the blessings of God. All of His blessings. They're gone forever. And you can never regain that. You can never go, let me have a redo. Because you don't get a redo. It's gone. Not only are you separated from God, but you're separated from good moral people. The Bible says that in this lake of fire, the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Have you ever thought about the group of people in hell? We like to be around good people, don't we? 
We choose people we think are good people to be our friends. We want to be around good people, not bad people. But you'll be separated from godly, moral people when you're in hell. All the worst people who have ever lived in the history of the world. Ahab and Jezebel. All the wicked people who've ever lived. You ever get in a neighborhood where you look around and you go, man, I I shouldn't be here. I am in a bad spot. I need to get out of here. You ever been to a place like that? Hell will be much, much worse than that because the wickedest of the wicked who've ever lived will all be there. That's who will be the companions of the person who dies lost and away from God. You'll be separated from your saved loved ones. In Luke 16 and uh, a couple other places, but Luke 16 is what I've got here. Jesus talks about this. He says, he tells a, a story of Abraham being in, being with a, a man who died and his name was Lazarus and there was a rich man and the rich man was in the fires of torment. And he called for Abraham and he said, just send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. And Abraham's answer was this, beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fix so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those pass from... No, nor can those from there pass to us. What he's saying is, you're separated forever. Do you have loved ones who are Christians? You won't ever see them again. Now, for we who are Christians, when we lose a loved one, we sorrow, but not as those who don't have hope. But if you die away from God, that's it. Your Christian loved ones and you will be eternally separated. Also, you'll be separated from the gospel. The good news. The news that God loves you. The news that God sent His Son to come and save you. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. But if you die away from God, you gave up that salvation, and there will never be any good news. Never. You know, when you're in a tragic situation in your life, sometimes it seems like bad news after bad news after bad news comes. But in the midst of all of that, sometimes there's some good news. But if you die away from God, there will never be any good news. There will never be, well, things are pretty bad here, but you know, things are looking up... It's not going to be that way. You'll be separated. Separated from God, from all good moral people, from your saved loved ones, and separated from the gospel. The good news that Jesus loved you and died for you and will pay for your sins so you don't have to, but, oh, it's too late. Because now you do have to pay for your sin because you rejected the payment that was given. The good news. But it's not just going to be a reason to cry out that you wish you hadn't been born because of the separation. There's another reason. Because as Scripture tells us, you'll cry out that because of the pain. You know, the Bible describes hell as eternal fire. We read this passage already. It says, They shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, 
which is the second death. I don't know what eternal fire is going to be like. All the fire I've ever seen goes out. I don't know what eternal fire is going to be like. I know here on earth you get in a fire and you get burned, you get burned up and you die. This is eternal fire. Can you imagine a lake filled with fire eternally? I don't know what that's going to be like, but I do know this. Regardless of what it really uh, the experience is, this is used to illustrate to you and I the intense pain. There's nothing more painful than burning. This is used as a motivation to you and I to say, you know, this isn't something to fool around with. The pain of eternal damnation, eternal punishment is going to be very real. He describes it as gnashing of teeth. He says, Whoops. Cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know what gnashing of teeth is? When Years ago before they had anesthesia, they went to cut off someone's leg or something, they gave them a stick or a rope to bite because the pain was so intense. Gnashing of teeth, just grinding and... Why? Because they're in intense, terrible suffering. I believe the purpose of this is to tell us and illustrate to us just how intense and extreme this will be, this unimaginable pain and suffering. It's something that we're warned about repeatedly through Scripture because there will be no rest. He says... The smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever and they have no rest night or day, day or night. You know, when someone is suffering here, if they're really suffering a lot, sometimes doctors will put them in a medical coma, a medically induced coma, so they can rest. And you know, when you're suffering here on earth, if you can just get to sleep... There's a little break from the suffering. If you can just get some rest, there's a little break. But if you can't rest, if you just can't rest, can you imagine what that will be like? Suffering so intense that you're gnashing your teeth and you can't rest? You can't get away from it? There's no snuggling down into a comfy bed at the end of a long, hard day. It's going to be a long, hard day that lasts forever and there's not going to be any rest. He also describes it like this. He says, Cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Bible repeatedly describes this as darkness. You know, darkness depresses people, doesn't it? You've heard of SAD, seasonal affective disorder, when someone, when we don't have sunshine for several days in a row and people start getting droopy and sad and discouraged and depressed. Darkness is depressed. Darkness makes people go crazy, causes anxiety. He says this is eternal darkness, outer darkness. Can you imagine what it would be like? 
to spend eternity in darkness, in not being able to rest, in suffering so intense that you're gnashing your teeth, and it's not going to stop, that would be a reason for saying, I wish I'd never been born. But that's not all. We've got the the things that we've been talking about here, about the pain and about the separation. It's also going to be a reason to speak that because of the duration. You know, the Bible emphasizes everlasting when it talks about this. I know there are people who say, oh, hell's just, you're going to burn up and that's going to be the end of it. But that's not what the Bible says. That's not what Jesus said. These will go away into everlasting punishment. You see, hell is forever. Now we can't, I can't imagine forever. I've heard the illustrations, the one that stuck out to my mind was how long it would take a bird to fly to the moon and fly back. And every time the bird got to the moon, it's a big rock made out of granite and it would sharpen its beak on the rock and then fly back to the earth and as long as it would take to wear away the moon to absolutely nothing would just be a moment in eternity. I I can't even imagine that. I don't know what eternity is going to be like. But I know it's just the way it is. You know, a lot of times when someone has gone through a lot and they die, the family or friends at the funeral, they'll say, well, he suffered a lot, but at least it's over now. It's not going to be over. It's not ever going to be over. You're going to have time on your hands. You're going to have plenty of time to think about the life that you lived, to think about the times that you heard sermons warning you about eternal hell and you didn't listen. You're going to have time to think about what are we ever going to do? You're going to have time to think about the love that God had And how you just, you were too busy. You just had other things that were more important. You just couldn't make that a priority. I have no doubt that's going to be on your mind. You ever make a big mistake and you kick yourself over and over? You go, how stupid could I have been? Have you ever done something like that? I have. And you'll have that opportunity forever. You see, what is will always be. And it can't be used up. It can't get over with. I don't know how to illustrate that more than just saying what Jesus said. Eternal or everlasting punishment. And finally, it will be a reason to cry that you wish you'd never been born because of the loss. You're going to lose your soul. What will it profit if a man gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What are you going to give that's worth your soul? What can you buy for your soul? You know, there's the old stories about some some singer that sells his soul to the devil to be able to write good music or play the guitar really good or whatever. You know, that, that stuff's silly. Jesus said, what, what can you have that's worth your soul? If you had the wealth of the wealthiest 
Ten wealthiest people in the world. And you die and you lose your soul. What good was that? Wasn't good. You can have the nicest house and the best cars and the best health. and But when you die, if you lose your soul, you lost. You lost the very best. Is there anything worse the, worth the loss of your soul? Say, no, no, no. We can sit here and we can logically go, no, absolutely not. Nothing's worth the loss of my soul. Right? Okay. You can say that. But are you going to do anything about that? How are you going to live? Because if you die lost, it's over. It's done. When I was in college, I, uh, I had a, one semester, I had, a lot, I had a class that was just a useless class. It was called Recreational Leadership. And it was a... It was a class for some of the athletes that were in the athletic department at school on scholarship to be able to get an easy grade. And I went and some coach taught it and it was, like I said, it was just totally useless. Well, come down to the end of the semester, I was talking to my advisor and my advisor said, you have to have that class to graduate. Oh, you're kidding me. Nope, you got to have that class to graduate. Well, this whole semester was gone. I had attended the first class and that was it. So I went to the professor and no, he told me to go to the dean. So I went to the dean. The dean said, there's nothing I can do for you. He said, you talk to the professor. So I went to the professor and I said, okay, here's the deal. I didn't think I needed this class, blah, 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 blah. Is there anything I can do to pass the class? He said, come back here in an hour and take the final. And then he handed me his notes, which was the final with all the answers. And I went and studied for an hour, and I came back, and I got a hundred on the test, and I got an A in the class. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? We tend to think sometimes that we can just get by at the last moment that at the last moment, because we've had experiences like that, and we can just at the last moment go, okay, yeah, I'm a... And we can talk someone into something, or we can... But the reality is, if you die away from God, it's over. It's done. And you've lost it. And you're not going to work a brother-in-law deal. You're not going to get anything special. You're not going to convince God that you were a really good guy. And if He'd have just given you another two days on earth, you'd have turned your life up. You're not going to do that. You will have lost the, most value, the only thing of any value that you have, and that's your soul. Not only will you lose your soul, you will have lost your purpose for being born. The whole reason of man is to fear God and keep His commandments. That's the whole reason of man. Y'all know I like to travel. I love to see God's world and the different places I've been. I've been a lot of places. Some of you have been a lot more than I have. But at Christmas, my kids got me this map. And you can put these pins on all the different places you've been in the world. That's cool. Is that a worthy goal to go to all the places in the world? It didn't matter. 
What matters is whether I feared God and kept His commandments. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, said this. Solomon, a guy who toward the end of his life had turned away from God, knew this. He said the conclusion of the whole matter is you need to fear God, keep His commandments. This is a whole duty of man because He's going to bring every work into judgment. Everything you've done good and bad. He's going to bring that into judgment. And so, you don't want to miss your purpose for being born. You don't want to miss the reason that you came to this earth. The reason is to serve God. Thirdly, you will have lost heaven. In my Father's house there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, Jesus said this. He's gone to prepare a place for you and I. And we can have our theological debates over whether that's in the kingdom as the church or the kingdom of heaven. The truth is you're going to miss heaven if you die lost. You're not going to heaven. You're not going to get in. You won't be with God. That's the greatest deal of all deals that the world has ever had is the freedom, the gift of being able to go to heaven. And you'll have given that up. You'll have missed it. And you'll have nothing to show for that. You'll have lived this life, suffered all the things you're going to suffer here in this life, which we will all suffer here. And then you miss it. And it's gone. The loss of heaven will be a terrible thing. As if suffering in hell isn't enough to know that you had it right there. You could have had it and you just chose not to. Can you imagine what that will be like? And finally, the loss of all hope. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body. When you're standing before the judgment seat of Christ, it's too late. He doesn't make plea bargains. There's not something you can offer Him. It's over. And you see, you will have lost all hope. There won't be any hope. That phrase that I love, as long as there's life, there's hope. Not then, because life's gone. And those who die away from God will end up in what the Bible calls the second death, an eternal death. There will be no life. There will be no hope. There's not any, any idea that maybe this can get better. Maybe I can get out of it. Maybe I can do something. No, because all of that maybe is gone. There's nowhere else to go. There's nothing else to do. There's hope today though, right now. There's hope. There's hope in resurrection. There's hope in forgiveness. There's hope in heaven. There's hope in Jesus. Right now there's hope, isn't there? There's no reason that we have to be discouraged in this life because this life is not where the reward is for Christians. No matter how bad things get here on this earth, no matter how much you suffer here, no matter how much your heart is broken, no matter how much physical pain you suffer, there's hope that that will go away because you know the promise of heaven where there will be no more pain, there will be no more suffering, there will be no more sorrow, 
No more tears of anguish. All of that's going to be gone. There's great hope for that. No matter what we face here in this life, there's great hope for that. So, we ask this sobering question. What could be so bad that would make you say, I wish I'd never been born? The answer to that question is to die away from God. To die lost. To die not right with the One who made you and loves you and sent His Son to die for you. So the conclusion, because of the separation, the pain, the duration, and the loss, those are the things that will make it to where someone who dies away from Christ will wish that they had never, never been born. You know, the truth is, you have been born. You can't change that fact. You can't be unborn. So, you have a choice to make. And the choice is, do you want to do something about it and be right with God, or do you want to suffer all of these things? There's no reason to have to say, I wish I'd never been born. There's every reason, every reason, to say, praise God. He created me to spend eternity with Him. He created me to be a part of His family. He created me to give me life. And there's no reason to have to hang your head in anguish and say, Oh God, I wish I'd never been born. But the choice is up to us. And I know that all the people who are sitting here listening to me, the majority if not all of you, believe you're right with God. You've made that commitment. You've dedicated your life that way. And people watching on Facebook and other places, I know that. But I tell you this for two reasons. One, if you're not sure you're right with God, you need to be. And number two, if you know someone who isn't right with God, don't put it off. Don't wait. Take the time now. Make the time to say something to them, to talk to them. Because once it's over, it's over. And we have an opportunity to change that for people today while we're alive. We always offer an invitation. That is to say to you, if you're not sure you're right with God, let's do what the Bible says to take care of that today. Need to be baptized into Christ? You can do that today. You need to recommit your life which hasn't been committed? You can do that today. If there's a way that the church can help you, we ask that you'll come to the front while we stand and sing.